This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show. That was a really happy hello, wasn't it, considering we just lost and therefore the world is ending uh, as we saw yesterday. Uh, Arsenal did, of course, lose uh, 2-1 to Hibs uh, and I haven't even welcomed the show. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show, another episode of our Arsenal Transfer Series, episode 72 uh, of our daily 8am shows. If you have just joined us for your first show, First of all, where the hell have you been? We've been doing this every day for the last 71, now 72 days at 8 a.m. every single day UK time. Um, and yeah, the fallout yesterday was intense. It was a little bit, you know, it was a little bit uh, tense on um, on social media yesterday. I understand. Um, I get it. We've had a, you know, especially from an English standpoint, we've had a pretty rubbish summer conclusion of the Euros. And then we see Arsenal lose uh, against Hibs quite comfortably like we never really seemed to uh be in the game as much as you would see there was lack of intensity about Arsenal's play for sure but it was as I've tried to say a number of times the first preseason game of the year and to me it just you know um if, if it matters you a lot fair enough but just to me that game meant absolutely nothing it's a fitness exercise that, that is literally all it was to me of course you'd love to win the game but for me, I mean, you look at the amount of players that played and who's actually going to be starting, especially in the first half, and it's barely going to be any of them. Yes, we had Pepe and Lacazette and Smith-Rowe and Partey coming in the second half. And, and I mean, we didn't lose the second half, but it's just a case of <laughs> it's a fitness exercise. Um, and, and for me, that's, that's, that's all it was. But in the wake of um, that game, and oh, by the way, we did do actually a, a live watch-along. Now, if you're not a fan of watching back, watch-alongs um, because obviously it's a, of a game basically we barely talked about the game yesterday it was effectively a live podcast just while the game was going on we talked about some really important stuff 
um, in yesterday's watch along with with a, a, quite a lot of discussion. It wasn't like a commentary of the game. It wasn't me turning around and going, oh, and he's running down the wing. No, I mean, there was a little bit of that, but <laughs> there wasn't really any of that. And it was just discussion. So if you have watched it, we would love the feedback. So please do go onto the video and leave a comment to let me know uh, what you thought about it yesterday. But that was a really interesting kind of experiment because we've never done anything like that on the channel before. So that was a complete first. Anyway, in the wake of yesterday's game, there was a lot of kind of uh, chat. There was a lot of uh, talk from Arteta. And we're going to break down quite a lot of what he said because it relates to, of course, the transfer window and of specific players. There's not a lot of transfer news today on specific players. It's only a little bit here and there. So uh, let's uh, crack on with the first story, which evolves around Joe Willock. And when Mikel Arteta was asked about Joe Willock, he says he wasn't involved today because he had a little bit of a groin issue. Uh, he trained yesterday really well, but we didn't want to risk him. Joe is part of our plans. He's our player. And in the time that he is here, we will try to make the most out of him. He had a great experience on loan. He was, I think, one of the most important players for their survival, without a shadow of a doubt. So he's in their plans. It's not a case of him being thought about and considered he is effectively um, being thought about in Arteta's plans for next season at the current state of play. Thank you, guys, in the chat box. I do see your comments. Thank you. Um, in terms of in terms of what this means for a guarantee of seeing Joe Willett next season, is it a guarantee? No, of course it's not. It's a situation whereby if a big, big comes in, I, th I certainly think they would consider it. But right now, they are acting as if Joe Willett is in their plans. Hopefully... We'll see him against Rangers. Um, that's hopefully going to be uh, the, the main uh, plan and the main kind of situation that we need to find ourselves looking at is, is making sure that if we are going to use him, it's how we integrate him in and, and how we move him into the team. Um, let's see what some of you guys are saying. Because I do, because as I say, there's not loads of news uh, today in regards to specific transfers. So I will uh, go through some of your comments as we go through. Uh, Neil Gunner uh, says, uh, I disagree, Tom, which is absolutely fine, by the way. If you, do, if you don't agree with my point of view, please tell me. Uh, it's prep for next season. We're playing William, uh, Kalasnach, Eddie, players that we're trying to sell or are not good enough. Why not start? The youth. Well, we did play a lot of youth players still during the game. I understand your point, and I was disappointed to see so many players that should have been gone by now still in the team. That is a frustration. That is a very, very fair and solid point to bring up. And yes, it's frustrating to see players like Kalasnach and Bellerin and um, Willian and Ketia, Reese Nelson, argue players that should be moving on this summer still in the squad, but it is an opportunity for them to try and you know, put themselves in the shop window a little bit. Uh, and Ketu didn't do a great job with his massive one-on-one -on -one miss. Kalasnach didn't do a great job with his performance. Thought it was very, very bad. Um, but, you know, it's an opportunity. I'm, I know it's prep for next season, but for me, all the prep at this stage is simply fitness. That's, that's all that it is for me. So there you go. Uh, TOG says Arsenal fans shouldn't be sharing videos of our goalkeeper uh, making uh, a mistake. Uh, we should be protecting them. I mean, at the end of the day, it's impossible to stop a video going around. Um, it's it's just what happens. It's, it's the social media world that we live in. I agree. We need to support him. By the way, that is not a representation of, of Arthur Oconquo in goal. It was, I mean, the first one is just inexperience. It looks silly. It looks ridiculous, but it's just inexperience. He should head it away. That, that's what he should do. And under that situation in that in your first game, I can understand why he's made that mistake. And that's why he's going to be third choice next season. And he's not close to being anywhere near our starting goalkeeper yet. But if you actually watch him for the youth team, he is a very impressive young goalkeeper. It was a really bad situation. There was one cross that he, he he flapped at and didn't get there. 
But ultimately, you know, it's not a big deal in his first ever game. Get him settled in. He's cut his teeth a little bit and he's had a mistake. And hopefully he can move past that one and, and go on to the next. If it continues to happen, then you start making more decisions. But at this point in time, it's just him cutting his teeth in the first team for the first time. Not a big deal. Uh, Kev, absolute pleasure to have in the chat, mate. Uh, Kev Campbell says, hi, Tom. Hope you're well. Always am, mate. Never forget, preseason matters so much. I feel like there might be a little bit of satire in your tweet there, Kev. <laughs> just just a tad. Just a tad, son. Um, I mean, as I've said before, I, I can't see why there's a meltdown about this. I really can't. It's crazy. Uh, Alan says, Tom, any ideas what happened to Aziz? Uh, there's nothing in regards to what I'm aware of. He's, I don't I don't think he's actually with them. He may be injured. Uh, there may be a, an injury, but there's been nothing been revealed on that part. Anyway, let's move on to what Arteta said regarding Emil Smith-Rowe. Uh, when asked about his future, very simple answer. He just said, without a question, yes, he, Smith-Rowe, will stay here 100% which is a great bit of news. Now, we didn't see him wear the number 10 yesterday. The eagle-eyed among us may have spotted him wearing some sliders with the number 10 on them. I'm not surprised that he didn't come on wearing the, the number 10 because, of course, they've not officially announced a new contract. If, I'm, if, I was to be, if I was to be a betting man, is the say that I always use, I imagine the contract is, is already done, to be honest. That's, that's my feeling on it. Is I think it's done. They're now just waiting for a time to, to announce it fully. Uh, otherwise, why would you change your squad number this early on? And it does seem to be that his squad number has changed. So I think that is, uh, for me, a really good bit of news for Arsenal. That the Smith, uh, as Michael says, is going to be uh, is going to be an Arsenal man in the long term future. The Villa fans in my comment sections can do one. <laughs> Thank God. Um, so yeah, it's as simple as that for me. Fantastic news about Emil Smith Rowe signing a new contract, and hopefully that can rejig kind of the positivity uh, in the fan base because again the, the meltdown yesterday was just ridiculous absolutely ridiculous uh abby odin says why do you think arsenal dithers a lot when it comes to the transfer window we seem to drag things out too much i'm concerned about this season i'm so it's so crucial that we get things done right this summer 100 percent. i'm not concerned about pre-season results i am concerned about what we're doing in the transfer window i've reached the stage where i'm concerned so if that's now your moment to, you know, uh, jump off the cliff with me, uh, I am now in the concerned stage. Um, I, I, was, I was chill and I'm still relatively chill. There's just a, a growing concern for me. Now Now we've obviously had that first game. Um, we're going through preseason. The first game's out of the way. We've got five games of preseason left. Then it's the first game of the real season. The concern for me is the transfers. Is not being proactive enough. Is not getting the deals done quickly enough. I get that we want to get the right deals. I get that we want to sell players at the right price. But for all the talk of a plan from Arteta and from Edu and for all the talk of that and to see one signing come in and to see the comment that Arteta said after the, the game yesterday, which did make it worse for me, uh, Arteta says, we have got one for now in regards to signings and we are really happy with the one that we have. Unfortunately, he, Tavaj, could not play today. Hopefully, he will play on Saturday. It was a paperwork thing, by the way, not injury. That was the reason why he couldn't play. Um, we will work with the players that we, we have, try to make them better and try to compete as best we can. Um, so, yeah, if you were wondering why Tavaj didn't play, it was a paperwork issue, not an injury, uh, not that he wasn't ready. He, he couldn't play. It was impossible uh, from a legislation slam standpoint why he didn't play. So that's your answer to that one. Um, but this this kind of concerns me uh, a little bit, um, not because it's not what he should say, not because not because 
he doesn't tell us much about the, the signings or whatever. It concerns me because it's it's not. I don't think it's very self-aware, and I don't think Arteta is very aware anyway um, of of how the fan base reacts. He says he doesn't look at at social media. If that's true, it clearly comes across with statements like this. This is never going to do anything to to help settle the mood in the fan base that are hoping for big signings. Um, this type of statement. It would have been great if he had turned around and said, we're very happy with the signing that we've made so far and we're looking to do more business this window. If it had just said a very simple comment, then for me, that would have been better. If the audio is not right, I'm really sorry. Please do let me know if the audio is messing up a little bit. Uh, sorry. Um, in terms of... but I'm not, I'm not going to jump on his back about that comment. I just feel that he could have... He could have, for me, just turned around and been like, you know, we are looking to do more business. That's that's it. Um, Chris says, uh, and by the way, go give Chris a follow on Twitter. He's changed his name. It's KC Runs now with a Z. Uh, so go give him a follow on Twitter if you want all your French football news uh, and opinions on French football. Chris says, all managers are fully aware of social media, but would never admit it PR-wise. Uh, I agree. Um, I, I'd be very surprised if he wasn't made aware of what's going on on social media. He says he doesn't read it, but, you know, it would be absolutely um beyond imagining to think that he doesn't know how the fans are feeling at certain times he will this season with the fans certainly back in grounds that's for sure uh jacob uh, zabo says yesterday was one of the most boring and uninspiring preseason matches i've ever seen 90 percent of the starting lineup shouldn't even be in the team sell 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 and that for me is the big sticking point of that team that's the disappointment about the performance it's not actually how we played. It's not the result. It's the fact that so many players played who I don't think should be at the club anymore. That's the only real criticism I've got of yesterday's game, and that's a big shame for me. Paul Kennedy, thank you ever so much, mate, for joining up as a member. Really appreciate the support, as always. You've joined a great group of people, and I hope that you are welcomed into the uh, into the group uh, very kindly. So, members, get welcome in, Paul, into the group, and uh, I'll send you a link for the new Discord server if you are, in fact, an expert member now. Uh, TOG says, Tom, thoughts on our inability to create anything for our strikers uh, and most of our chances coming from the wings we lack the ability to play through teams and penetrate them well we played a 4-4-2 system in which obviously you had Enketia and Aubameyang up top in the first half Balogun and Lacazette up top in the second half we had a centre midfield of El Elneny and uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles not the most creative pair in the world you had Willian and Nelson on the wings in the first half who are more creative but I don't like a 4-4-2. I don't think it's creative enough. I think you certainly need either to play a 4-3-3 and give yourself two eights that are creating centrally or play a 4-2-3-1 with that number 10 to be that kind of guy behind the central striker. I think that this was a 4-4-2 because we've taken four strikers. It's the first game of the preseason. I wouldn't read too much into the system that we used. We've taken four strikers. We needed to use all four strikers and give them a run out. What's the best way to do that? Play a system with four, with two strikers. That is as simple as that for me. I would not read any much into us playing a 4-4-2 in that game whatsoever. Um, I could be wrong. Who knows? But I wouldn't read too much into that at all. Let's move on to our next story. AMN was decent in the first half, but he wasn't creative, and that's what we need from our midfielders at the moment. Uh, let's look at the possible uh, ins and outs. There's only a few that we need to talk about, and then we'll go on to some more of your questions. First of all, William Saliba touchdown in Marseille yesterday. Looks like that deal is going to get done very, very soon. Um, looking forward to seeing how he gets on this season. We're hoping to provide you with some dedicated content, breaking down his performances across the season for Marseille with the help of some expert insights. So I'm looking forward to giving you guys that content. 
Um, he's going to get a full season playing there. No matter what you think about the deal, no matter how you feel about him, now he's gone. Let's focus on seeing him play week in, week out. And most importantly, proving to Arteta why he should play. If he comes back at the end of the season after having an amazing year, still not given a chance, then there's your answer to everything that we've been worried and concerned about regarding William Saliba. So there you go. He's off to Marseille and has landed there already. Let's go on to our penultimate story of the day regarding Ben White. Now, there was some rumours that were breaking yesterday. I haven't been able to verify these yet, so do take these with a pinch of salt. Um, that uh, supposedly Ben White is delaying his holiday um, so that he can focus on sorting out his future. Now, we will wait and see if there is any truth in this story. I didn't include it in the thumbnail or the title or anything like that because it is still very much a rumour and I haven't been able to justify it. But I saw that poking around social media yesterday, so I wanted to make you aware of that. If that is the case, hopefully this is a deal that Arsenal can get done over the next week or so. Uh, and of course, maybe even then him joining up with the preseason squad for the Chelsea and Spurs game. I'd be very surprised if he joined up with the squad for the Florida trip because he does need to go through that period of recovery and rest. So that's hopefully some good news regarding Ben White. And uh, we can see. I mean, we did that show a few days ago and someone commented on it earlier saying uh, we did the one step away from Ben White because that was the report that came out saying that Arsenal are one step away. Demarzi, I think it was, that said that. One step away from completing the Ben White deal. And yet that step seems to be a pretty big lunge at this point in time. But we will have to wait and see. Last story revolves around Ruben Neves. Uh, there was a report yesterday from The Sun that did come out saying that uh, uh, that Arsenal are in constant contact through Edu uh, with Jorge Mendes. Uh, the Portuguese uh, super agent, who is, of course, Ruben Neves' agent, saying that they are looking to try and get a deal done as soon as possible. Um, and so, therefore, we may see this deal progress over the next week, two weeks or so. And if so, I think it's a really good replacement for Granit Xhaka. Personally, I know that not everyone agrees with me on this one. That's fine. Um, but in regards to Ruben Neves coming in, I don't think you'll see it actually happen until we eventually sort out this deal for Granit Xhaka to leave. Hopefully, Roma can step up the money. They have just signed Rui Patricio. Wolves are expected to bring in Jose Sarr from Olympiacos as his replacement. So we will wait and see as to whether or not Ruben Neves does indeed turn up at the Emirates. But for me, I feel like, you know, um, <laughs> I feel like it's a case of waiting for Granite Jacket to move on. So there we go. Let's move on then to your questions in the chat. So it all says, wow, Tom said the start. I did say um, the only reason I have uh, begun to not give credit because that would be the wrong words and I still have a lot of questions, but I was very um, taken aback by uh, some of the, the two page spreads in the newspaper uh, about uh, the, the penalty t- takers who missed their penalty for England and, uh, you know, as I've said always, I'm always for changing my mind, having my opinion changed on a lot of things. I'm not saying my opinion has changed on the outlet at all, but I was appreciative of the story that was written about Saka and Rashford and Jaden Sancho. So, you know, respect to that. So I pay respect back. And it's as simple as that for me at this moment in time. They'll probably do something soon that will change my mind again, but we'll wait and see. Um, Jashar says, Tom, I've left the concerned camp at the end of the last summer window. Now I'm in whatever and I'll believe it when I see it, Gab, as nothing significantly has changed. And, you know, I don't blame you for being in that camp whatsoever. Um, at the end of the day, we have been in this situation with Arsenal so many times and, and so many situations where we have a lot of hope at the beginning of a window and we're ultimately let down. I was on a show yesterday with Dan uh, Potts and Harry Simeon on, on Lee Judges TV and uh, one of the things that we talked about was how 
if we did a summer, uh, and Dan Potts uh, projected the idea of doing a summer where we signed Max Ahrens, Ben White, backup goalkeeper, backup left back, backup centre mid, Ruben Neves and James Madison, if we got that summer in, where would I rate it? And I said, for me, that's the best summer of the last decade plus. That would be an absolutely unbelievable summer window. And yet you think about it, if you get all of those players in, yes, that improves the first team squad, but is there enough depth in the team to really challenge for a top four place, which needs to be our target for next season? And the answer is, I'm still not sure. And that's how much of a situation we find ourselves in, in comparison to the quality of the other teams like Liverpool, Chelsea, Manchester United, Manchester City. We're so far off the pace in terms of how good our squad is in comparison to theirs that they've got a lot of work to do this summer. And it just worries me that we're now less than a month away from the start of the season, or I think maybe even a month today away from the start of the season. And we've got one signing in and two have gone and neither of them were permanent. So we'll have to wait and see. You might say Gendouz is permanent, but it is at the moment anyway, a loan deal with an option, but we will wait and see. Uh, Sarvik says, Tom, can you talk a little bit about how as a fan base we need to support the players who are confirmed to stay at the club? It's a good question because, of course, whilst we see Kalasnach, Bellerin, uh, Willian, Nelson and Ketia playing yesterday. The thing about that is that they may be here next season. And that's a scary, scary thought because they're not good enough, in my view. Anyway, none of those players I've named are good enough to be at the club next season. And we should be looking to upgrade upon those players. How do we act? If you go into that ground, if you watch the team, you should be hoping that they perform. You should be hoping that Kalasanak has an amazing season. Hoping that Bellerin turns your opinion around on him. Hoping that Nketiah comes good, that Nelson proves me wrong. We should be hoping for all of those things. That's how you support them. But criticism is still never off the table. You never cross that line into abuse ever, but criticism is always on the table and always something that you should use to use a barometer and measure and analyse players' performances. And I will criticise the club for not moving on those players because that is clearly the right decision to move this summer is to move on those players. So I will criticise the club for not doing that if they are still here, but I will back those players to succeed during the season because guess what? I'm an Arsenal fan and anyone who pulls on that shirt, I want them to succeed. It's as simple as that. Uh, Emmanuel Ojo says, uh, Arteta started to sound like a manager who is happy to still, <laughs> he's still employed. The owners don't care, expect a 10th next season. The club is incompetent. Only thing to look forward to is a North London derby win. Ojo, I hope that the season proves you wrong and you're going to be a lot happier. We'll wait and see. But at the moment, I don't blame you for being as pessimistic as you are. Samir says, not a single concrete link to a right back. Who do you think we should sign, Tom? For me, it's Rydal Baku from Wolfsburg. What are your thoughts? Obviously, Ryder Beck, who's a, a fantastic talent coming through at Wolfsburg, played a lot of season more in the final third rather than actually at right back. He covered at right back while Kevin and Babu was injured. But <sighs> we haven't seen any because Bellerin's still here. That's why you're not seeing those concrete links to a right back because Bellerin has not yet gone. And because we've still got three right backs at the club with Cedric, arguably four if you count Maitland-Niles, I doubt you're going to see a link to a right back until we've sorted out moving players on. There's no point bringing in a fifth right back right now because that's absurd. You need to move on the players first before we see a concrete link to a right back. My choice is Max Aarons. Always has been, always will be. I think it's the best choice for that position. A young Premier League proven homegrown player that would really improve us in that position. He's also interesting a lot of other Premier League clubs and we would take him away from them too. I think it's a really good option for Arsenal to go for. Will they do it? 
I'm not so sure. And I think there are things going on behind the scenes that maybe are preventing that move right now, uh, is all I'll say on that. Uh, Wrath of Aries is one of my favorite named uh, people in our chat boxes. He says, Tom, uh, if we got a good offer for Abamyang, would you sell him? Do you think clubs should be doing more to support the players from social media abuse? Let me tackle the second question first. Uh, from what we've heard, Arsenal are going to be fully supportive of Bakaya Saka during this period uh, after the England defeat, and that's good. At the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, what more can the club do? Because we don't know what's going on behind the scenes right now. We don't know how they're coping with it. We don't know what they're doing to help them. Um, and as long as we don't know, we can't really comment on it. I hope and I assume that he is getting a lot of support from the club in dealing with this situation, which must be horrible. There has thankfully been a hell of a lot of support from external sources like yourselves, like other clubs, other players, other pundits, media, etc. There's been a lot of support for these guys. So that's great. Can the club do more? I'm not sure what more would be, uh, Wrath of Aries. I, I don't know what it would be because I don't know what they're ultimately doing from behind closed doors. It's very difficult to, to judge um, publicly, if you want to support them, I think they have done that. So it's, it's that. The first part of your question, would I sell Aubameyang if a good deal came in? Depends on the deal. But if you said a deal of £30 million plus came in for a 32-year-old plus striker with a year and a bit left on his deal, then yeah, I, I, I probably would take it. Um, and I, I think that Lacazette suits Arteta's system and we've got Balogun coming through is very exciting. So I probably would um, take a very good deal for Aubameyang. Yeah, I think I probably would. Uh, Ian says, it's become very obvious that getting rid of the 12-ish players we want to move on is so more diff so much more difficult uh, than buying. The financial return of sales will be 50% of the anticipated at best because of a lot of reasons. The pandemic, the perception of Arsenal in the market of how they sell players for cheap prices, and we've got to change that, and that's going to be very difficult. The fact that, play that teams and players are wanting to go lowers their prices. The fact that clubs know that Arsenal want to move on these players will lower their market value. There's loads of factors that will affect why it's going to be difficult for Arsenal to sell these players, but they still do need to sell these players and we still need to move them on and bring money into the club so we can reinvest it. It's not an excuse if we don't sell players. You still need to sell them. We just may have to take a bit of a, a hit to be able to do it, but at the same time, in certain instances, like with the Granite Xhaka situation, I'm happy to see the club are standing firm on their valuation of the player. Other instances like Kalasnach, then you can be a very, very much more lenient in how you deal with a price point for the Bosnian international. Uh, Samuel Poston says, if we are looking for a number 10, we should look at this talent that recently won the Copper America with Argentina. Uh, he had a very decent tournament. He's available on a free and Lionel Messi is his name. <laughs> I was wondering where that comment was going. Um, yeah, I mean, he's going to be signing with Barcelona, of course. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with looking at the Argentina squad. Guido Rodriguez of Real Betis had a really good tournament. Not the best Copa America final, but had a really good tournament overall. And I like him a lot, the Real Betis midfielder. Um, you look across the Copa America, there's always going to be opportunities to look at players that are impressing, as are there with the European Championships too. You do have to be careful that you don't buy a player that's just looked good during the tournament. And you need to cross-reference those performances with how they have been on the domestic levels as well. But... It is certainly something to give you an insight. For instance, I wouldn't take Denzel Dumfries. Uh, I'm not interested in him as a signing, even though he had a very good Euro 2020. However, I would take Joachim Mahler, who also had a very good Euro 2020, because I know he's been good at domestic level as well. Whereas Dumfries, I have a lot of questions about how he's been at domestic level for PSV. So we will wait and see as to how Arsenal tackle the window if any players from a European competition or an international competition do end up coming 
to the club. A couple more questions, then we're going to wrap up. Just a heads up, I'm doing a show a little bit later on with Deluded Guna on his channel, DG. So I'm going to be joining in with him. So if you enjoy watching both of our content, you're going to see a great collaboration a little bit later on on DG's channel. So make sure you go and check out the show. I think it's around 11.30 p.m. UK time in the morning. So make sure you tune in. So Hill says, Tom, do you think that Hein was good in his passing and comfortable with his feet? Also, big ups to Hibbs uh, and their gesture to Saka. Yeah, 100%. And Hein looked decent they look very good but ironically he's not rated as highly as a conquer he's not ahead of him in the pecking order for the squads and yet he was more impressive on the day and do you know what that tells me it tells me that one performance is not enough to analyze and assess a footballer if some players have a bad day it's just the way that football is i'm sure you have a bad day at work sometimes and you're not performing at your absolute best and someone that you would consider yourself a better uh, worker than sometimes has better days than you it's just the way the world works. Um, and uh, I will not be judging Arthur Okonkwo based on that performance. Certainly not. So looking forward to that one. Uh, Abad Deep says, uh, I miss Wenger more every day. Uh, <laughs> uh, he played worse teams in Europa and we still play fantastic football. Look, at the end of the day, we're always going to miss the period of time under Arsene Wenger for what it brought us. But there were some times during the end of that period that I felt it was we, we let go of him too late. And maybe we wouldn't have moved on to a new Emery and we would have moved on to a better coach and a right coach. And then maybe we wouldn't be in the position that we are now with a, an inexperienced coach. So, sure, we can miss AW all we like. But at the end of the day, I think him staying on at the club too long still has had a detrimental effect on where we are today. Uh, and that is always going to be in the back of my mind. So... We'll wait and see if we can turn this around, but there's no point crying over spilt milk. It's done. It's finished. It's over. Let's just look forward to the future and try and see what we need to change to improve things going forward. Uh, ben P says, do you think a Saliba is partly to blame for how Arsenal's career has gone in the recent months by choosing a safe loan rather than testing himself in the Premier League? Look, with the Saliba situation, we've talked about this at length quite a lot. William Saliba is going to be a player that divides opinion because of uh, things that have gone on behind the scenes. Does he, does he deserve a chance at Arsenal? 100%. 100% he deserves a chance at Arsenal. Do I understand why we're sending him on loan? Again, definitely. He's played 38 league games in three years and he's a 20-year-old centre-back. Give an opportunity to play him a full season at a club. I don't think that's going to be at Arsenal. If we weren't signing a £50 million centre-back, then I would have been like, yeah, bring him in, play him. But we are looking like we're going to spend 50 million quid on a centre-back. He's therefore not going to play every single week. Send him out on loan, get him a full season somewhere, get him 38 games under his belt plus, bring him back, let him prove Arteta wrong, and uh, jobs are good. It's as simple as that for me, um, but we've covered it a lot. Anyway, we are going to wrap things up there. Thank you ever so much, guys, for tuning in. I'm hopefully going to do you a show a little bit later on this afternoon as well on the channel, probably around 2 o'clock-ish, uh, depending on any news that breaks. We have got a lead up to the Rangers game. There won't be a watch long for the Rangers game because it is during my work hours with 101. Uh, some exciting stuff coming up over there, by the way, very soon. I'm excited about. And uh, we've also got some fantastic stuff coming up in regards to the channel and the content over the next few weeks or so. But I'll be on with DG, Deluded Guna, a little bit later on this morning. So make sure you tune in for that. Drop a subscription on the channel if you haven't already. I know plenty of you already have that tune in every single day. We're less now than 200 subscribers away from 25,000. So an amazing push as we head towards that uh, that <laughs> landslide. It's not milestone. Landslide. What am I talking? Milestone. That's what I meant. Anyway, um, <laughs> landslide. That's going to stick with me all morning now. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I'll see you a, bit, a little bit later on. And as always, up the Arsenal. <laughs>
It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.